0: Thinking of joining Winbet, now's the perfect time because new customers who bet $100 get a $100 free bet. Plus, the Winbet Casino is always open 24 hours a day where you can get a 100% deposit bonus up to $1,000. Looking to join the Winbet Biggest Winners Club? Whoever hits the biggest parlay on Winbet odds-wise gets a $1,000 free bet. Winbet, truly hashtag only. There's so much to choose from, and all you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet so they know we sent you. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Offer subject to change, terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough Winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. And welcome, everybody, to the Tennis gambling Podcast here on the Sports gambling Podcast Network. I'm your host, Scott Rochelle, once again, flying solo for this pod. It's currently Tuesday, October 18th, and we have a couple of ATP tournaments to go through with the outrights and preview show. So starting off with one brief announcement, I know that there are three... ATP events this week. You have one in Stockholm, one in Naples, and one in Antwerp. For this show, we will go through Antwerp and Stockholm. We are going to skip Naples, and I know that sounds pretty random. There's a, There are a couple reasons why I'm going to skip it, but there's a main reason why, and it's because of the court conditions and the drama surrounding them. For the last week or so, this was originally a challenger event It recently got promoted. So now it's a full time, you know, ATP World Tour event. The problem is the court conditions were so bad that several players actually refused to play. And as a result, you had some last second dropouts on the bright side, Berrettini filled in with a wild card. But the point is, since the court conditions are extremely poor, I'm not sure what to actually expect in this tournament. And I am a bit concerned either with injuries or with just random upsets happening because you don't know what to expect with the actual court conditions. So for that reason, I don't see much of an edge here in Napoli. And I'm going to skip it. But I still like the tournaments over in Antwerp and Stockholm. So we will stick with those two. But that's the brief announcement for the plans regarding this episode. Now we got to recap what happened in the last episode. Overall, we did fine. Ended up winning the lock. We had Rublev minus two and a half games against Korda. And he dominated. And then we ended up losing the dog with the over in the uh, Wolf and Felix match. It's really tough to do a lock and dog on a pod when there's no props available and you also think that both favorites are going to win. I picked Felix and I also picked Rublev. They both ended up winning in straight sets. No drama whatsoever. But I tried to find something. I leaned to the over. I thought 6 6-4, 6-4 Felix was possible just to beat us, and I was hoping for a breaker. We got exactly that, 6-4, 6-4, and Felix won an ATP title. So, congrats to, to Felix and Rublev. They were two of the favorites leading up to their respective tournaments. Then when Berrettini lost to baena in the first round, Felix and Rublev were the prohibitive favorites, and they ended up holding uh, the entire way through as they ended up winning their respective tournaments. So, congrats to them. Nice job there, but we'll take the Split there with the lock and dog. I don't know what dog I could have taken, to be honest. It seemed like every choice was the wrong one because the favorites won comfortably. The biggest surprise I had in the overall final was how easily Rublev dispatched Korda. And I thought Rublev was going to cover. That's why I took the two and a half as my lock. I thought that the match would end in probably straight sets. I really did not expect... Korda to win a total of five games. I thought that Rublev would have moments where he would eventually overpower Korda in the rallies. I thought that at some point his strokes would self-destruct and you might see Korda make a run to maybe make it a 7-5 set, 7-6 set. He didn't get that. Korda's serve was not great like I thought it would be. Rublev's serve was pretty good, but Rublev really just took it to him, and he was very consistent. He didn't hit many unforced errors, and he still kept the pace. And it felt like Korda was getting blown off the court half the time. That part I could see coming. But it was the fact that Korda couldn't even find moments where Rublev's level dipped, which was really surprising to me as he won comfortably. And as for Felix and Wolf, uh, Wolf is a pretty good player. Felix has the length to return very well. He's got good strokes. The issue is, once again, his consistency is definitely not, I'd say not where it should be for a top 10 player, but still the point is he ended up keeping it together for a full tournament and he won. So nothing really surprised me there besides the fact that Cordo really just got smacked and that was a bit surprising, but either way, a pretty decent episode in terms of results. Now it's time to move on to the upcoming tournaments, but before we actually do that, I'm going to have a quick word from our sponsor. Thinking of joining WinBet, now's the perfect time because new customers who bet $100 get a $100 free bet. Plus, the WinBet Casino is always open 24 hours a day where you can get a 100% deposit bonus up to $1,000. Looking to join the WinBet Biggest Winners Club? Whoever hits the biggest parlay on WinBet odds wise gets a $1,000 free bet. Last week, someone turned $6 into $4,000, plus they got a $1,000 free bet. Winbet, truly hashtag DGens only. There's so much to choose from, and all you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet so they know we sent you. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Offer subject to change, terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough Winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. We're also brought to you by No House Advantage. No House Advantage is changing the game by offering the most dynamic fantasy sports platform available today, playing pick'em contests versus other people for a shot at winning $250,000 in cash. Download the app, choose a contest, select your player props, earn points for correct picks, and climb the leaderboard for your shot to win big money every day. And you can also test your skills versus the house and win 20 times your entry if you hit every pick. You can bet on up to five player prop over-unders or individual player matchups across every major sport including the NFL, the NBA, uh, MLB, PGA, MMA, and NASCAR. Sign up now with the promo code SGPN at knowhouseadvantage.com or download the app on the App Store to get a first deposit match up to $25. Make sure to check out House Advantage because it's not just about how you play, it's also where you play. You won't want to miss out on this offer. We're also brought to you by Babbel. I don't know about all of you, but I've tried learning different languages in the past, and let's just say it didn't exactly go well for me. That was the case until I ended up discovering Babbel. Babbel makes it very easy because you only need 10 minutes to complete a lesson. So you can start having real-life conversations in a new language in as little as three weeks. Other language learning apps use AI for their lesson plans, but Babbel lessons were created by over 150 language experts and voiced by real native speakers, not computers. With Babel, you can choose from 14 different languages, including Spanish, French, Italian, and German. Plus, Babbel also has a speech recognition technology that helps you improve your pronunciation and accent. Right now, get up to 55% off your subscription when you go to babble.com SGP. That's babble.com SGP for up to 55% off your subscription. Babbel language for life. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tennis Gambling Podcast. Just finished recapping what happened last week and how Rublev and Felix absolutely dominated in route to Two titles, but either way, uh, time to talk about the actual futures for the upcoming events. We're going to start off looking at the actual calendar just to make sure that I go in chronological order. The matches are going to be starting at roughly 6 a.m. Eastern time and 7:30 a.m. Eastern time, so you still have a couple hours. But to go through the order, going to start off in uh, going to start off in Antwerp because those matches start off technically half an hour before the Sweden ones do. But starting off with That overall, just the odds for the outrights going to talk about the favorites first, go down in order like we usually do. So starting off with the favorite, you have Felix once again, who is expected to potentially go back to back. Then you have Herkaz at plus 450. You have Kakanov at plus 650. That's how you can tell what kind of tournament this is because Kakanov is the third lowest odds at plus 650. You have Draper at 8-1 to who had a very dominant performance against Brooksby yesterday. And when I say dominant, that might be underselling it because I talked about how good Rublev was dropping five games in a final against Korda. Draper only dropped three games against Brooksby, ended up winning 6-1, 6-2. He smacked them. And that was a bit shocking to me. I thought that match would be a little bit more competitive. But Draper's at 8-1. Team is at 9-1. Corda's at 10 to 1. Nishioka is at 10 to 1 as well. Zan Schulp is 12 to 1. Evans is 12 to 1. Then you have some long shots with Schwartzman at 20 to 1. Gasquet with a nice three-set win against Warrenka yesterday at 22 to 1. Husor at 25 to 1. And Golfen, a couple other long shots who I don't think have much of a shot. So other than that, though. Time to talk about where I think the value lies. Not going to be with the favorite in this one. I'm not going to take Felix. You know that I typically fade players who are entering tournaments after just winning the previous weekend because they're going to be exhausted. The one exception was Djokovic because he was off for a couple of months and he's Novak Djokovic. So I made an exception there and he won both. But I don't exactly trust Felix to keep it together physically physically. For another full tournament run, and especially at four to one. I don't like those odds. Herkaz is tricky because I like him as a player, but it seems like he occasionally has either no show matches or he just ends up struggling too much in the return game and doesn't generate enough breaks of serve. I'm not gonna pick him. Kakanov, I know he had a good run in the US Open. I know he's had some good runs in the past in ATP events, but I'm not going to pick Kakanov here at plus six fifty. I don't exactly like the odds, but looking through the actual uh, bracket here uh, to try to find out where the best, I'd say, opportunity is for the actual players to, first of all, go with the uh, draws for the overall favorites. The reason why I don't like Hurt has also, he plays Draper in the first match in the round of 16. And Draper looked really, really comfortable against Brooksby. So I think Herkes might be on upset alert there against Draper in the first match in this tournament. Meanwhile, you have Felix, who does have an easier path, does potentially face off against Evans in the uh, quarterfinals. So I do think that Evans could give him something that He might not be fully ready for because Evans likes to create long, grueling rallies, very long matches. And since Felix is entering this tournament after a weekend of constant tennis, I do think he could potentially wear down just physically. So we'll see if Evans can get anything done. Besides that, looking for some potential opportunities. I do think Nishioka has a good opportunity. I know we took him to win in Korea and he ended up winning. And that was a nice 12 to 1 cash for us. But going through... His actual draw here, it's really not bad. Face-off against a French qualifier in the first match. Then the winner of Van Rithhaven and Munar. Uh, Rithhaven had the nice run in Wimbledon, but that's basically it. He hasn't really done anything. I know he fought off a ton of match points in the first round of the US Open, but his overall results on hard court have not been good. And Munar is a clay specialist who's okay on hard court, not great. I think Nishioka has a pretty good path there. Then he'd face-off against either... Kakanov, Giron, or Korda, I'll let those guys just absolutely kill each other and let Nishioka get the leftovers. So I think that has some value there at around 10-1. Uh, to 1. I think that he's definitely a capable player, and we just saw it, of being able to win a tournament. Besides that, Evans at 12-1. to 1. I love Evans as a player. I mentioned it time and time again. The Felix match, I think, will be a war. I think he's got a shot to win it. Do I think he's going to win it? That part, I don't know. But I think I'm going to end up passing on Evans because of that Felix matchup in his second hypothetical match. So I'm going to stay away from, sorry, his third hypothetical match because he already played one. He beat Greeks four yesterday in straight sets. But I do think you'll end up seeing a very good opportunity for Nishioka to make a deep run and for Draper potentially to make a deep run. And Husor is interesting at 25 to 1 for a super long shot. He ended up winning a tournament a couple weeks ago when he beat Runa uh, in the final. But you're looking at the pathway for Draper. He has Herkaz in his next match. Then he has the either oh sorry, you get so you got Draper against Herkaz. You also end up having Husor, assuming he beats Sarundalo. Facing off against most likely Team in the round of sixteen, and then Husser would have to face off against Draper. So it's really a brutal path for either Husser or Draper to make a run. But I do think if you want to go for value, I think Hercas is vulnerable into this matchup. Draper's a good returner. I think he could end up upsetting Hercas, and Husser is a very unique server. Whether it involves his ability to show variety, both serving up the tee, serving out wide, and even sprinkling in some serve and volley stuff in there. Very underrated player at the net, and he's also almost impossible to prepare for because not many guys actually come to the net as much as Husqvar does. And I think that he could catch somebody off guard And potentially upset some people at 25 to 1. But if you want to go for the actual odds here, Felix definitely has an easier path than Herkaz. There's no chance I'm taking Herkaz. Felix, I'm not going to take on principle because of the potential rest disadvantage. So I'm going to skip him. But for the actual shots here, team is tricky because I do think he's getting a lot better on the hard courts, but we've seen him struggle as tournaments have progressed. And he also ended up playing in the semis last week before Rublev beat him. So team has played a decent amount of tennis. Draper has been off for a decent amount, which could work against him potentially because you always see rust and you always have the battle of rest versus rust. And if the player will come out flat, that wasn't the case for Draper because he absolutely dominated Brooksby in the first round. So I like the way that Draper played. He looks absolutely ready to maybe make a statement and win one of his first ATP titles. So I'm going to go with Draper at 8-1. to I'm going to go with Nishioka at 10-1. to And I'm also going to go with Hussler at 25-1. to And those are going to be my long shots. Maybe along the way, when we have the next episode, I can sprinkle in another long shot or so. But the point is, those are going to be my main three based on the value. Draper, Nishioka, and Hussler. But moving on to Stockholm. To look at those overall outrights, you have Sitsipas as the favorite at plus two seventy-five. You have Shapovalov as the second favorite at plus four fifty. Then you have Cam Nori at five fifty, Tiafo at six to one, Tommy Paul at ten to one, uh, Rune at twelve to one, Cressy fourteen at uh, fourteen to one, Dimitrov at fourteen to one, Demenour fourteen to one, uh, Rusevori twenty-two to one, Yemmer twenty-two to one, and etc. So. I don't see any long-shot Hail Mary throws here, so I'm not going to bother naming out the rest. Now, to go through the history of Stockholm, it is worth mentioning that you do have the three previous winners – all present in this event. You have Sitsi Pass who won in 2018. You have Shapo, who won in 2019. They didn't have it because of COVID in 2020. And then you had Tommy Paul who beat Schapo in three sets last year. So I understand why Schapo is the second favorite here. It's because he's made the final in each of the last two times this event was actually held. Am I going to take Schapo? No, I don't think I'm going to. I recognize that his form did definitely improve over the last couple of events on the hard court. He made the final in Korea before losing to Nishioka. So Nishioka definitely showcased once again, how you beat of Olive in that match. You keep the ball in play, and you let Chapo spray the ball over the court, and eventually he'll give you a bunch of free points. And that's exactly what happened. And I think you're going to end up seeing something similar happen as this tournament progresses. I think Shop of Olive is going to eventually ha- get himself into some hot water where he'll punt the service game, he'll absolutely shank a bunch of backhands, and I think he'll end up losing because of it. So I don't like the odds there on Chapo. I was interested if it was around maybe 7-1, to 6-1, to one, but in the fours, I can't take that because Shapo has not won a title in a while, and I'm definitely not going to pick him to win it now. So I am going to go with the, let's just say, interesting options here. I think Tommy Paul definitely is worth a look there at 10-1. to one. I know Paul didn't end up cashing for us in the previous tournament because he ran into Rublev, But it turns out that Rublev was an absolute buzzsaw. He ended up beating Team. right after that. He absolutely dominated pretty much the entire tournament. So I'm not going to overreact there. I still think Paul's a very good player. He's shown that he's comfortable in this actual environment in the past because he won the title here last year. And there's always a saying, in order to be the champion, you got to beat the champion. And I do think that you're going to end up seeing... Paul make a decent run here, and I like the odds of the defending champion on this overall court at around 10 to 1. So that one I'm definitely going to play. But to go through the overall field and look at Paul's draw, the issue is he would face off against Sitsipas in the quarterfinals. Sitsipas does face Cressy in the round of 16. Cressy beating Ivashka in a very competitive three-set match. Cressy's a very interesting opponent for Sitsipas because. I do think that even though Sitsipas is a good returner, if Cressy can get the serve and volley going, and if he can shorten the points, I do think Sitsipas might get frustrated, and maybe Cressy could win some breakers. But I do think Paul has value. Faces off against Borg, then either Yemmer or Hallis. I think Paul should walk into the quarters. So I'm going to take Paul at 10-1. to 1. Hopefully Cressy beats Sitsipas, but I do think they're going to end up seeing, most likely, Sitsipas against Paul. I thought about Sitsipas at plus 275. I wasn't sure about the value. He did make the final in uh, one of his last tournaments as he lost to Djokovic, but of course, that's Djokovic. I still think Sitsipas can always self-destruct at any time, but he deserves to be favored in this actual tournament. Uh, when it comes down to Nori, his draw is actually not bad either. Faced off against Karatsev and then either Rune or Gaurin. And then he would face off against either Diminor, uh, Wolf, or realistically, most likely, Chapo. And I'm not sure who'd win between Chapo and Nori. Probably Lee Nori. But the point is, I do think that he might struggle to actually win this tournament because his serve is just not good enough. And I think he might end up losing if he does not have a great day from behind the baseline. But... Other than that, looking at some other value here, Tiafo, I think, has a very, very good draw. You face off against either Atta or the other Yemmer. So you got both Yemers here. Uh, you got Tiafo will be a pretty decent favorite against either opponent. Then facing off against either Rusevori, Souza, Laheka, or Dimitrov. I really love Tiafo in that quarter. So, I think Tiafo was a good draw. The issue is, once again, would face off against Sitsipas in the semis. So, I do think that there's a good path there initially. The problem is, do I think that either Paul or Tiafo are going to beat Sitsipas? I think Tiafo can. He just beat him in the labor. I know that they do the third set tiebreaker. So, it's also an exhibition. So, you kind of wonder what exactly the motivation is besides pride. But I do think Tiafo has the goods to beat. Pass, and I think there might be value there so to go through my outrights one more time I am going to go with uh, Tiafo at plus 600 I like the odds there I'm gonna go with Tommy Paul depending, uh, defending champion at 10 to 1 do I want to take Pass as basically a hedge I don't really know if I want to I recognize that Pass has looked better on hard courts you know what I'm gonna do it screw it I'm gonna take Sisi at plus 275 as well so you're gonna end up seeing you're gonna end up seeing a crash course between our three outrights here uh because city might have to face off against uh Paul and Tiafo but I like those three I think one of those three should win the tournament so give me sitsi is basically a hedge kind of just to uh recover the losses if Paul or Tiafo end up or, t- or Paul and Tiafo end up losing. But I'm gonna go with Sitsi Pass plus 275. Gonna go with Tiafo at six to one and Tommy Paul at 10 to 1. Besides that, if I wanted to go for any hypothetical long shot, I really don't see any. I feel like the long shot's gonna be Paul there at 10 to 1 and we're gonna see what happens. But either way, that has been this overall a breakdown of the outrights for antwerp and for stockholm now it's time to get into the actual matches into the lock and dog segment but before we actually do that we're gonna have a quick word from our sponsor we're also brought to you by fubo tv if you watch football you need fubo tv FuboTV gives you complete coverage of college and pro football with NFL Red Zone plus games in 4k and no extra charge. Over 100 channels of live sports and entertainment for a fraction of the price of cable. Watch on all your devices and never miss a game again or one of your favorite episodes from your favorite TV shows with the included cloud-based DVR. Plus there's no contract, no commitment and you can cancel at any time. Right now you can try Fubo TV free for seven days and get 15% off your first month. Just go to fubotv.com/sgp. That's fubotv.com/sgP. Also brought to you by Oddstrader. What is Odds Trainer? It's a place where you can compare odds from all the major sports books in one convenient location. You can compare the different sign-up codes and promotions from sports books to get the best deal. The app also gives you player statistics, key game stats, injury reports, and projected game day weather for bettors to make the most informed bets possible. It also has a bet tracker so bettors can keep track of their records. On all the games and their betting activity, go to slash blue wire and oddstrader, the number one site for all of your game day bets. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tennis Gambling Podcast. Just finished going through the outrights for Stockholm and Antwerp. Now it's time to get into the actual matches for the lock and dog plays. Starting off with the lock, going to go to a match taking place in. in in Stockholm is going to be in a matchup between Atta and Yemmer. And for this matchup, we're going to end up going with Atta as the favorite on the money line at minus 162. A couple reasons why I like him in this matchup. First of all, to go through recent form, I think Atta has been the much better overall hardcore player. To go through the recent results, he ended up losing to the inevitable champion Felix in the three sets. Competitive match there. Ended up beating Fuksovics, who's a good player, in three. Lost to Chilish in three in Astana. And Sofia ended up losing somewhat early on. But the point is, Ata was taking some time off after Wimbledon came back for the U.S. Open. And if you look at his recent results after the U.S. Open, he has been pretty comfortable on hard courts. Cannot really say the same for Yammer. And that's really the issue that I have here because he has faced significantly easier competition and he's performed worse because he lost to Romanathon in Tokyo in three sets, ended up beating Takuda, uh, lost to Mochizuki, in South Korea and if you want to go even further back it's not good let's put it that way so he's had some issues once again this is not Mikkel Yemmer this is Elias Yemmer so this is the let's just say inferior version because Mikkel is definitely the much better singles player they have played twice so far in their careers and Yemmer is 2-0 and however both meetings were on clay which is definitely Yemmer's best surface by a large margin but going through all the results here Yemmer couldn't even qualify for the U.S. Open. He lost to Masur in qualifying, uh, lost to Rinderknitsch, ended up doing decently in a challenger event. But still, the point is those are challenger events, not the same level of competition. I just think Atta has too much firepower, and I think he will end up overpowering Yemmer. And Yemmer's serve is really not good enough. I think Atta ends up taking over and winning this match outright, on the money line at minus 162. And for my dog, going to go back to the bread and butter, which is fading players following a finals appearance over the weekend. And you got yourself a matchup going on between Giron and Korda. And for this matchup, going to go with Giron on the money line at plus 180. A couple reasons why I like him in this spot. First reason, Korda obviously just played on a Sunday as he got absolutely demolished by Rublev. But now he has to travel. From Spain to Antwerp. And I'm not exactly sold on the travel spot there without much time off in between. And you also have Giron and Corda's head-to-head numbers. Giron did win the first meeting back in 2019, 6164. Then they played in Newport in 2020. Corda won in a third set tie break. So Giron has given Corda fits in the past, and now Corda might be fatigued from the title run or the the runner the title runner-up run, I should say. I think it's a very good spot to fade him, and I don't think Corda should be in the minus 200s. I think plus 180 is a very generous line, and I'm going to take it. So once again, the lock is going to be on Atta, minus 162 on the money line against Yemmer, and my dog will be Girone, plus 180 in his matchup against Corda But that's been this episode for the Tennis Gambling Podcast. I'm, once again, your host, Scott Reichel. You can find me on Twitter, at Radio. You can find me on a bunch of podcasts. Got the NBA Gambling Podcast. Definitely an exciting time. NBA season starts Tuesday night. Still on the NFL podcast a couple times a week. The Propcast. Doing a bunch of content for SGPN. But besides that, until next time, good luck to all of you and all of your bets. Bye, everyone.